systems initiated. You're listening to the Empire Podcast Network. As an actor, I made a career out of surviving personal and family dramas on daytime television. Now, in real life, I've also had my fair share of challenges, just like everybody else. But TV and film could be a nice escape from our own daily struggles. Well, let's face it. Life is not TV and film. Yeah. It's time to keep it real. With Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Sponsored by Boys Town. My guest this week is a journalist who, for years, has interviewed all the biggest stars of TV, daytime, film... This week, I'm turning the tables, I'm interviewing the interviewer. As the title of his new song says, Better Late Than Never. At a time when many peoples would be resting on their laurels, my guest this week is embarking on a new career and making a lifelong dream come true. Soap fans know my guest is a source for all the behind-the-scenes news on their favorite daytime shows. Welcome to journalist and producer, Michael Fairman. You know what time it is. It's time to keep it real. With Real Conversations with Jacob Young, sponsored by Boys Town. Michael, good tune. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for having me on. It's so good to like switch places with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've interviewed, how many times have you interviewed me? 70,000, but I was going to say, I was going to say, I always looked forward to talking with you, right? We've always had such great interviews, whether it was at all my children or bold and beautiful or general hospital. Like we, we had some really great interviews along the way. And that's why I was like, oh, this is, would be great to talk to you about what's going on. And so thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for thinking of me. Um, of course. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, today's a, today is a real role reversal. <laughs> I know. I love when people have to try to ask me questions. Okay, try to stop me. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here and we go. the first question is, uh, no, journalists are curious individuals who make a living asking questions. What led you into this profession? Again, if you kind of know part of my story or I'll tell you is that I never intended on being a journalist at all. It was not everybody when I was growing up was like, oh, you're such a great writer. You should be a writer. And I'm like, I don't want to be a writer because I wanted to be a singer. Right. So I wanted to be a singer songwriter, not a writer of like journalism, that kind of thing. Um, But then one thing led to another and I was producing on the daytime Emmys back in 1991 and I was getting more entrenched in the soap world. And then I was like, well, wait a minute, maybe I have something here and I could use the writing so that I really never cultivated. But more than the writing, I always felt my strength was interviewing people, connecting with people, talking with them and the skills of that to like get things out of people. Yeah. So I'm like, I was better at that than actually written word, but um, it was a way for me to on my own, you know, 
write fun stuff, write entertainment stuff, write, you know, interview people. And it kind of took off from there. I mean, it really, like I said, it wasn't the, when I grew up, that wasn't what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think writing of course is, is an art within itself. And, you know, whether the art took you from songwriting to journalism, to writing stories, uh, to maybe writing novels, you know, like people, I know people that do all of it. Uh, and, um, I think it just, you know, one hand shakes the other so many times. Do you have a favorite interview of stars who, who are some of the people that have been most fun to talk to other than me, of course, other than you, I know it's tough. It's really tough. I've had so many Jacob. I, I, it's so hard to to tell you, but you know, I've, it's what I will say is it's the ones that you don't expect are going to be good are really good. And sometimes the ones you think are going to be, you know, because it's, they're bad. And it's also interesting to see what tracks with the audiences. I'm sure, you know, doing this podcast, like you think you have a great guest or a great show and you put it out there and it gets, I'm just making this up like 30 streams. Right. Yeah. And put something else it has got thousands and it's not the one you thought was the one. So sometimes our own inner, um, voice of what we think is going to work doesn't, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Um, but I've been very fortunate, very fortunate. I've interviewed, I think almost everybody I hadn't, it was interesting. Jeannie Francis was probably the last person of the everyone in soaps that I never interviewed until I was on stage with her at the GH convention, which I moderated all the panels. And it was an hour of me talking to Jeannie. I'm like, how's this going to go? Like she doesn't know, (laughs) but it was great. And now I, you know, you know, she was like my last of the, you know, icons that I hadn't spoken to. Hey, check that one off. I checked that one off. So I think we've done all those. So yeah, yeah. great. Well, great stories. And, And as a daytime producer of, you know, any favorite memories? Yeah, I, I would say there were several from a from a television perspective. As someone who's produced on like, I think it's like I want to say 15, 16 daytime Emmy broadcasts now. And we know, Jacob, that over the years, you've seen how things have changed. Yeah. From when we had the big shows at Radio City, when we had all of this stuff that we all used to. It was always such a great moment for us all to get together. Well, For right? people that have never been to one of those Emmys. Uh, I, I just have to say, I mean, that was uh, I, w- I was thankful to catch the tail end of the great empire of what daytime was. Uh, Radio City Music Hall sold out just lines around blocks of just people just standing out as if it was the Macy's Day Parade. It was uh, it was absolutely a wonderful experience. And I certainly do miss those days. Oh, they were amazing because I think the West Coasters felt like the rock stars coming into the East Coast. I mean, it was like they rocked the East Coast at Radio (laughs) City. You would walk down the street and wave on, you know, the streets would be blocked off. And we're so far from that because, as you know, we're down to four shows. We had like 13 or whatever back then. So it was such a different uh, purview. I would say that for me the Agnes Nixon tribute that I produced for the daytime Emmys meant the most to me was the most emotional for me to do Mm -hmm. because I reached out to Cameron Matheson and Michael Knight and Eden Regal and, you know, all these people that were so Peter Bergman, who Mm -hmm. 
all had relationships or whose careers were altered by this woman who really was. And what was so great about it is not only putting that piece together from a production standpoint, but getting to sit down with each and every person with a crew and get their moments there. Everybody cried. Yeah. And it was real, like organically emotional stuff. And I'm so glad that I was the person when Agnes passed away, I'm glad it landed in my lap. You know, I felt like if it was in my lap, it was going to, you know, like, cause I can't stand when I see things also that other people may do. And there's just not the heart in it. Right. You know, I want the heart. I try to bring the drama to the pieces. Um, I had to do guiding light when they went off the air. I had to do general hospitals. Like so many of these were big landmark moments, but I think Agnes's was really well, she was such a force. Yeah. She, her, her writing, her ability to be ahead of the curve with news stories and front burner storylines that had never been told before on television history. She was just, uh, you know, she, she was, she was way ahead of her time. She was an amazing, amazing human being, um, filled with so many years of talent. I mean, I, I, I saw the tribute. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to fall in anybody else's lap either. I mean, that's what, you know, what I was said, you know, we, uh, and what you're always in these award shows, I'm only taking that aspect of it. You know, they crunch it down to such a short time. How do you tell this person's life in like a minute and a half, you know, or two minutes, you're taking all the, and you're taking everything out of the interview, right? I, I mean, out of the, the meat of it, you're yeah. getting down very small. So I said, look, everybody was upset. The actors weren't happy that, you know, oh, and Torsten K was amazing in it too. He was very close with Agnes. Yes, he was. So um, there we were, you know, I was like, I got it. So I put a 20 minute version online. I told everybody like, I've got to do this. This is not right. So I put the 20 minute version online. I'll have to check that, that out. You got to watch the 20 minute version. Yeah. Agnes Anderson tribute. It's on YouTube. It's on my channel. And really watch that because that is how I intended it to be. Yeah. Because how do you tell a lifetime in a minute and a half? How do you tell a show that's been on in six fifty-five years in a minute and a half? So that was always my um, pushback on the producers. The Amy's like, huh? And they're like, no, we don't have more time. Got to keep the show moving. So it was like, and so then I knew I would get, I knew online, right? On Twitter, be like, you're so, you didn't include this. Yeah. You didn't include that. What's your problem? And I'm like, I, tr- I, I did include it. Actually, we had to cut it out. Yeah. For- yeah. So I always try to put the extended versions on YouTube. Yeah. No, it's, I, I'm going to definitely check that out. And I think everybody out there, you know, who's a fan of all my children should absolutely check it out. Um, if you don't know much about Agnes Nixon, um, you'll certainly learn a lot because she was a amazing, amazing storyteller. Um, Did you get her? Oh, many times. Many times, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. What was it like for you? Was she like, how was she to you? Oh, she loved me. She'd always like, just like, she'd always like give me a little criticism about like something that I'd played and, 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 and was never afraid about telling me just, you know, just how, what she thought about it. But, uh, I guess I was, you know, hopefully playing it to her expectations because she was always very kind. So, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Right. That's yeah. gotta be. Yeah. So you're finally pursuing this lifelong career of singing your dream of singing and making music. What inspired you to finally go for it? 
So it was a confluence of things that happened. First of all, you have to understand, and you sing and write, and you, you know, this is what, you know, you do this as well. And you know, that's another aspect of yourself, right? right. That you put out, right? So it's like, why am I not doing this? I mean, I was really feeling suffocated by the fact that I knew what I could do as an artist from the singing, the songwriting, the production, and, and I knew what I could do. Nobody else knew it. And so when you're like, you know, you're in the car and you're listening to like, I'm picking Harry Styles, you know, I'm listening to Harry Styles or whoever. And I'm like singing along, like, what the hell am I not? Why am I not doing this? And time is going by. And I I felt just suffocating with it. Like I, I wasn't using what I felt was given to me as a gift. I was always able to sing. I wasn't having to struggle with it. You know, it wasn't, I knew I could sing. I knew I could do it and I just wasn't. So my mom passed away of Alzheimer's three years ago. My mother was my biggest fan in music, right? She, we would go to all the concerts together as a kid. I drag her. I mean, back then it was like Linda Ronstadt, Minnie Ripperton, like all these iconic people. And I go, I want to see her. I want to go there, you know, and she, God bless her would go and sit with me to all of these shows because I was so inspired by artists, by musicians, by singers, you know, I love Stevie wonder. I loved earth when you like back then, that's what I immersed myself in. And she was inspired so, by you. She wasn't, so she actually go with you. She would go with me, but she loved music too. She was a jazz DJ. Actually. Oh, wow. Wow, no doubt. Uh, well, yeah. So she knew music too in her way and we would go. And so she passed away and then I was at a, a Christmas party and George Michael died. Yeah. And I didn't know when I was at that party that he had died. And I was such, he was such a influence in terms of what an amazing singer, yeah. what a soulful songwriter, what, I mean, just truly amazing. one of the most iconic singers yeah. of all time without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. And so he died, she passed away. I was feeling suffocated by not letting this out. And that's kind of where all came together. And I'm like, I have to start doing this. And it's so interesting revisiting songwriting years later. And so when I started to write, when I started to put this together, I was like, I have more to say. I have more life experience to tap into. And I feel, uh, I think I'm better now than I probably would have been then i guess i you know i don't know because I, I didn't i took 30 years off from it you know what i mean yeah. so yeah well maybe just more ready you know it was you know I think so. <clears throat> how important do you think it is for everyone to try to keep following their dreams oh my god that's the whole thing i have talked to so many people or met people or they contact me saying i'm so inspired that you're doing this because i wanted to do xyz and i i didn't do it how do you keep your soul fulfilled, like fulfilled and, and moving forward? And, and do you want to, I don't want to live in regret. And I think it's really important for people to not let fear of failure stop them. You know, I feel like if you're something you really want to do, why are you limiting yourself? Because society age um, past experience is telling you, you have one, I mean, you have one life. Um, if it's, if it's something you've got to do, I would say you got to do it. Yeah. 
Well, I was just, you just, I mean, whether you fail, succeed, I mean, you can't look at it as failure or success. It's like, I have to do this for myself. And if I can have success, that's amazing. If I can make money off it, that's amazing. But I want to know, I want people to know what I want is for people to listen and go, Oh, he really is good. Yeah. He really can sing. He really is a songwriter, you know, instead of it being like, well, I'm not going to listen to Michael because all I want to know is who left General Hospital, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that's kind of what I face many times. Right. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And kudos to you for taking those steps to fulfill that and 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 staying with it. I mean, you you know, I've seen you release several songs. Um, I think there was even an album in there, right? Well, no, they were all individual singles, singles? That, yeah. know, over time. But it, yeah, so but now we've. Well, that's the, that's the new way anyway. I mean, that's, that, that's the business. I mean, you know, back in the day we was records, nobody's buying full records anymore. The industry said, you know what, you know, it, it's almost better to release singles and maybe a follow-up song or this and that. So, um, but you've been, you've been continuously staying really putting out singles, right. And, and hoping that I can build traction. And what's really interesting now is when you, cause now I think if you do go to my Spotify and you do go to, and listen and you listen to the songs kind of back to back it does feel almost like what an album you know or a burgeoning album would be because they all kind of have a, a through line and they all yeah a story to it they have a story and they all have a certain sound right yeah. you know so and i think my sound is unique and i think it's that so yeah <laughs> you sort of you sort of mentioned this but what would you say to people who 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 feel that they've missed the, the boat on achieving their goals? What advice would you give? I, I think if you feel you missed the boat, take a look, take stock of kind of what happened. And again, don't limit yourself. I think we limit ourselves so much. And there is so much ageism in our society, Jacob. So much. I can tell you. I live it. Mm. You know, if I hear one more person say to me and tap me on the head and go, that's really nice that you're doing music, but you know, only 18 to 25 year olds are going to get a record deal. I'm like, yeah, I know they're going to get a record deal, but you know, things are different now. Artists can put out their own music. They can put out their music. Yeah. When I was younger and I was in my twenties, we couldn't do that. You know, we had to have the A&R rep come down to the show we had, I had to pay for a band. I had to front all the money. I had to wait oh. for someone to really show up and you'd be like, I'm going to, they're going to come tonight and they're going to really like my show. And yeah. Nail the deal. Cause we had cassette tapes back then, you know, to listen to, you know, and, and basically they never showed up because it'd be like, Oh, I had to go to this other show. Or I couldn't make it down to the China club, you know, or New York or, you know, so it was always excuses or problems. We don't have that today. Everything's streaming. Everything's digital. So yeah. It's kind of like I was, I wish I was born now, you know, 20 years ago instead of when yeah, I was. Yeah, and th things have really opened up for the indie artist and, and all the different platforms that indie artists have now in order to get their music out there through all the, the regular channels of Spotify and, of course, um, you know, iTunes and Apple Music and all of that. You can release it across the board independently without having the A&R record person or somebody behind, you know, you know, th those like you said, that's, that's, those are for certain younger people and the A&R people want to develop that talent and, and do that. But it's great for artists like you, 
artists like myself to have that avenue now and be able to produce and um, put your own music out there. Right. It's putting your music out. And also, I think there's also like, what is your, like you said, uh, what is your market? And I think it's really, you know, it's funny when people, if you don't know me, right. And you hear it. Do you think I sound, do you think I probably sound 20 or 30? You don't know how old I am. Right. Uh, Nobody knows. Hearing the song. I don't think we should even be thinking about whatever. Like, do you like the song? You know, is it cool? You know, do you like the singer? Who the hell cares? But we're in such a visual, right? Everything's visual and everything's age. And so those are the things that unfortunately in the biz, right, come up. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've dealt with that. I mean, because, uh, I, you know, we're, we're, we're two peas in a pod here. Uh, right. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm not 20 years old anymore. I'm in my 40s. And, you know, to just go ahead and, and release music or expect to get a, you know, a Warner behind me or some other major label, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, for me to tell my stories, to go that route. And, and you know what? I don't care. And to throw the caution in the wind, just like you're saying, it's the best way. Because, you know, it, when they do get on Spotify and they get in rotation, people are listening to the music. They're not listening. They're not looking. Maybe they'll see the cover art or something like that. But But they're not going like you know, does this song suck or, or, you know, you know what right, I'm saying? I, right. Right. And the, I was going to say, like, yeah. And I was going to say like, look what you did. I mean, you were putting out music, right? Yeah. Like there you were known for this. Then you started doing this, you know, and it's like, I think that's the other thing. Why are we all on this one track, one view of somebody and that's what they do. And that's what we will only accept from them. Right. Times are so changing. He, right. So that's kind of right. So now you've got like a Jacob Young who's like acting, producing, hosting, singing, right? Right. So I'm trying to say the same thing. Like, I, I, I'm not just one dimensional. You know, I'm not one dimensional. Right. Right. No, none of us are. We're we're fully rounded people in so many ways. And you know, I hate how people pigeonhole uh, us into certain things. I mean, it's, it's funny. I get it. I've been, I've been in daytime for many, many years. People know me from several different shows and it doesn't matter what show I get on, what, what guest star I get on, or I recently was on high school musical, the series, but people, people are still like, you know, JR is on, you know, high school (laughs) musical. And I'm like, well, it's Jacob that's on high school musical. (laughs) Yeah, not JR. But yeah. uh but it's but it's funny how many people still like but you know they always give the wink or whatever with the emoji but it's but it's it's unbelievable. Um so you you know you really have to sort of allow your audience to know and expand in those ways and and become full, you know, uh show everybody your all of your talents. And there's no time like the future. Um the present rather I should say, not the future. Yeah. yeah. Um are there any insecurities and fears that you have to work on overcoming with something like this? Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, imagine, imagine every day being told, like, like I said, like, Oh, that's, you know, good for you. Good for you that you're putting out, you know, good that you're doing that. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm seriously doing this. And they're like, Oh, well, well, you know, where, where do you think that's going to go? You know, so there's, so then can you imagine hearing that and you're like, oh, wait a minute. If this, you know, am I doing the right? And what is, you know, should I be? And I always come back to hell no, because if I listen to the songs, they're really like, I think they're good. 
You know, I think they're good. I think they're good songs. They're- I think I think the production's really good. I I wouldn't put my name on it and put it out there if I didn't believe in it, right? So it's always combating though that fear of no one's gonna accept it, right? Um that um uh, that it, that they don't think it's legit when it is legit, you know, which is why I kept putting out more songs because I didn't want them to think it was a one-off, you know, like, oh, I think I'll put out a song. Yeah, that well, that never works because audiences, they need to be, you know, it's about repetition, truly, and 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 staying with it. Um, you know, when I, when I first started doing the first podcast, which was the live streaming that I did on YouTube, you know, I think people were like, well, you know, is this going to be consistent? Is this going to be something that happens? And I think I was only doing it every other week or something like that, but it was, it was consistent. When I decided to do this podcast, I said, you know what? I got followers. I got people listening by consistency. And I think that speaks, um, speaks volumes about anything in life. Um, and putting out music, people want to know that it's not a one-off thing and it's not going to be the second time. It's not going to be the third time. It's going to take multiple times. It takes multiple times. And I think, and I, and I think one of the reasons I stepped away from the music business originally, because it was so hard. It was so hard. I think it's the hardest. I'm, I think it's harder than acting, harder than hosting, harder. I think it's so hard. You are competing with so many people. How does one artist get seen, noticed over others? When you're on Spotify, look at the amount of artists that are on there. Yeah. How, you know, you know, how do you, if you're not a major label artist, how do you get heard? It is so hard. And, you know, a lot of it is money driven. A lot of it's this, that, that, all these things you have to do. So I, I feel like knowing me as, you know, of course I take on the hardest thing. But well, you know, <laughs> I've done that before, but I've done that before <laughs> because, you know, I've done my own website. I've done my own platform. I didn't, I wasn't with Soap Opera Digest. I wasn't with, you know, any of these, um, Oh, you know, owned by media conglomerate companies in right. any way. I did right. my own thing, which yeah. is hard. Yeah, you absolutely did. And you, you very successfully, might I say. Thank you. But yeah, but that's so I never kind of followed the normal. And I, I have to tell you, even as a, I was a signed artist and I had done um, radio tours all over the country. My, my single had come out on 9-11. I think, we, you know, we've talked about that years oh, and years ago. Yeah. And I was signed under Artemis Records. And they had clear channel. Everybody was like, it had everybody's ear. And so I was flying all over the world. I mean, all over the country. I was like literally doing, I don't know, a dozen radio stations every two days. I'd be in Boston, Rhode Island, Maine, Florida, up the East coast, down in Texas. I even went and entertained the daughter of clear channel, the president of clear channel in Dallas, Texas. And I remember like thinking at one point, cause I was so exhausted going, I don't think I can do this. That was really hard. That not only is it hard to, to try to get there, but to maintain. So I have so much admiration for musicians that are on the road and now more than ever, because that's how musicians are making their money. They're not making them through album sales anymore. Uh, it's not. all through, it's all through touring. It's through merchandise. So they're on the road more than they've ever been. And when COVID hit, and I've talked to all these different musicians, it was incredibly challenging for them to be away from everything that they've known for the last, some of them, 10 years, five years, um, and just sitting there. 
most of them said, well, you know, I've just used the time to write songs. <laughs> it's true. And that's kind of what happened. And I agree with you. I feel so, uh, such empathy for these artists who could not perform and couldn't go on the road. And during COVID, it really was amazing to see taking that where they couldn't make money. They couldn't do that. But everybody came out with so much great material, so many great songs. Taylor Swift with her two albums. I mean, yeah. stop showing off Taylor. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like people were writing, they were coming out with material because they were stuck, right? They didn't have, they couldn't go to her. And I think now that's, we're still kind of starting to open that up. We'll, but we'll see, right? We've got every day's a, Every day is a different story with the Delta variant and what's coming on here. So we'll see. And as Cheryl Crow would say, every day is a winding road. Every day is a winding road. <laughs> yep, she would. So that's you have, you have a YouTube live event that's coming up. Oh, with with Alan, you mean? Do you? You mean me as? Are you performing in that or no? No, no. Okay. No. What I was saying, what I'm planning on doing is. Once we get through this little next thing of COVID to see where we all land, um, what I am planning on doing is kind of a live stream co- a concert is what you mean, like an event like that. Oh, okay. where I was, yeah, yeah. So I would actually be performing the songs in a live stream or, or um, on YouTube so people can actually see me perform. So I think that's the other thing. People haven't seen me do that. Right. So they've seen me in my videos, my music videos, but not like how I would mount my show. So I know what I'm planning on doing. Um, well, apparently I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just prodding you. You better get out there and start, yeah. uh, start doing yeah. that. So I got to get my ass in gear and get this done. But, um, you know, I just was kind of waiting to see like, is there a venue? Do I need to do it in a studio? Like because of how COVID keeps changing our lives. Um, and in LA right now, you know, we're back on the mask mandate. So it kind of keeps changing. Tell us where everybody can find your music, where they can stream it, how they can buy it. So go to Michael Fairman on Spotify on my artist account, Michael Fairman. You can get it there. I would love it if you follow me there uh, on my on my music there. And you can, you know, add Better Late Than Never or any other songs to your playlist. You can buy it on Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play, um, Amazon music. It's on every major music streaming platform that you can buy it and download it, um, and add it to your favorites. It's on Pandora as well. I just followed it. Yay. There it is. It's that yes. easy folks. Just go to your app. It, it takes two seconds. That's what I always was so funny to me. I'm like, Hey, take two seconds to do this. And they're like, wait, I don't know where Spotify. <laughs> What's Spotify? What's Spotify? I don't know. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of, yeah, that's what you do. And then of course you can follow my music videos, teasers and interviews on the Michael Fairman channel on YouTube. And, um, my Instagram is Michael Fairman TV and Michael Fairman on Twitter. And, uh, my site's Michael Fairman TV. Fantastic. So that's kind of where I'm, that's where you can find, you can stuff. find him anywhere and everywhere. There's social media, or anywhere and everywhere you find your songs and buy songs and stream. It's, it's literally, it's that easy anymore to, you know, to do it. I mean, if you have an app for your music, you'll find his music. Did you like the song? I love the song. It's great. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sending it to me. Okay, good. I just wanted to know if you liked it. I, I felt, uh, I felt very privileged to be able to, to, to get it. Uh, and so, uh, question, if you, 
could go back in the Jacob Young time machine, what advice would you give 13 year old Michael Fairman? Oh my God. I would definitely, I was very, I think I was worried about perception and how people perceived me and what they thought. And I think what they thought impacted me and steered me away from what I wanted to do. Now I'm like, screw that. Because I've gotten the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding of myself and others to know that, you know, people aren't always in your corner and you just have to stay the course of what you believe is your truth, what you believe you need to do for yourself and what you need to do to fulfill your desires, whatever those, what those are, you know, um, I've always been somebody, you know, I'm a <laughs> people that were, I'm a perfectionist in many ways. Like I know that's good and bad, but I know that I through that. I've always been like, I'm, I'm not going to release it until it's perfect. You know, until we think it's perfect or I'm not going to do something. I think now I would, let myself to enjoy it a little more. I think back then I was just so, you know, worried about perception, didn't enjoy it, was stifled by potential failure that I thought I would fail. And I think that stopped me from being the songwriter I, I, I wanted to be back then. So I would tell myself to like, stay the course. Don't let everybody's opinions sway you in any way. And live your truth. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I would would say. Powerful. I think we we all, for the most part, allow a lot of that to infiltrate our lives and be like cut out the noise. Right? Cut out the noise. Cut out the noise. Stay focused. Yeah. Um. My sponsor, Boys Town, adopted a motto, and the motto is "He ain't heavy. He's my brother." Like the Holly song. Meaning at some point in our lives, somebody's carried us. Who carried you? Well, first of all, I loved He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother by the Hollies, the original version. And then didn't Neil Diamond do it? Somebody else did it. But I think I it's I think it's been covered a ton. But what a great, a great song. So, you know, I have the closest relationship to my sister. My sister has gone through some very difficult, difficult um, issues. She had brain surgery, some terrible things that happened. Um, but she is the strongest person I know. She can get through anything. And she has been there for me. She's my older sister. I'm the little, I'm the youngest in the family. But I call her every day now, you know, and, and get advice and talk things out with her. And she's such a special woman and she's so courageous and I know she'll be there for me, uh, whatever, you know, it's that person I know would be there for me. Um, so I guess I would say her because it, I think it was my mother before, but I think it's my sister. Um, pretty much. Yeah. I think it was always my sister too. You know, she was my big sister. Yeah. You know, and what I love about her her name is Nancy. And what I love about her is, you know, she roots me on. She roots me on. And how nice to have somebody in our life to root us on. You know, I don't have a family. I don't have a partner, but I do have a sister who will root me on. And I think 
if you can have somebody like that in your corner, it's a big help. Um, because it can be lonely, right? It can be lonely and isolating, especially when you're, you know, you're multi-talented like you are. And, you know, artists, artists are, it's a tricky thing being an artist, right? It's like, it's an emotional, it's an emotional, <laughs> you know, it's it, up and down. It and, and, right. It's so a, it's an emotional roller coaster. So have somebody that's cheerleading you and supports your dream and your vision. Um, I personally know that all too well. Yeah. And then we'll give you the truth too. Yeah. That seems to like, I mean, she, I mean, I, we've had, it's like as much as you don't want to hear the truth, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're telling me the truth. And I'm like, yep, she's right. Cause we're all out on our own thing. And then you hear some truth. If you hear it from somebody you respect, if you hear a truth from somebody that, you know, you care about, I, I think it, it matters. Right. It does a hundred percent. You know, it's, it's nice to have somebody who shoots from the hip and is uh, not only a support system, somebody you care about. And it sounds like you guys have a very special relationship. So thank you for sharing that with us. You are welcome. And I'm glad you have somebody too. <laughs> yeah, I do because otherwise I would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Well, Michael, I want to thank you for letting me ask you questions today. I'm wishing you big success with your single Better Late Than Never. Anybody and everybody who's out there, go out and check it out on Spotify or YouTube or anywhere else. Um, You're a real inspiration for all of us, proving that it's never too late to make your dreams come true. So thank you for all the support you've given to daytime TV over the years. And I know how much the fans appreciate you as a source for their soap news. Thanks, Jacob. Tired of the same old boring popcorn? Want to try something that's delicious and different? If you're like me, sometimes I like a little sweet and salty. Well, Snack Pops did it again with Candy Pop with M&M's and Cookie Pop with Oreos. Make Candy Pop and Cookie Pop your family's go-to movie snack or enjoy on the go. One bite is never enough. Now available at Publix grocery stores or simply go to snackpop.com and discover the entire line of these tasty popcorn treats. Lane Frost Brand is a proud sponsor of Real Conversations with Jacob Young the comfortable, stylish, and unique clothing line that commemorates the life of world champion bull rider Lane Frost. Everything from hats to belt buckles. Be sure to check out the whole line of products for the entire family at lanefrost.com, the official shop of the legend for the champion in you. I would now like to bring on my friend and manager of the Boys Town National Hotline and our resident professional, of course, Chris Hallstrom. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Jacob. How you doing? Good. Uh, Good. Mike, Michael Fairman, um, interestingly enough, you know, he's been around as long as I've been acting and before. He's uh, a journalist extraordinaire. He produces the daytime Emmys. He's uh, been on every red carpet as long as I can remember. Every time I was on a red carpet, there he was. I must have spoken to him over a hundred times in my career and yet never knew that he had this passion of singing that started at a very young age and suddenly He's thrusting himself back into that um, at an age where most people wouldn't necessarily do that. Um, so following his dreams, what do you think about that? Oh, what a great inspiration, you know, for people at any age. It sounds like that's something that he's wanted to do ever since he was a young kid. And he's following those dreams. So more power to him. You know, not everybody is um, makes wants to make that kind of commitment. Uh, and not everybody can either. That's the whole thing. Like, 
Like, like I want to cha-cha dance, but I can't do that either. Exactly. We have to know our limits. You know, I used to be a cheerleader. I'm not going to be doing the splits anytime soon. <laughs> um, but it, it, that's great. You know, what a great thing for him to be able to do. And, you know, we, I think it's important for everybody to look at what their dreams are, no matter what age you are. Um, and maybe you can't fulfill them in a way like he has, where he's actually, you know, putting out music um, for the public. But there's other ways you can do that kind of thing. Um, if it's you, you enjoy singing, join some um, group, sing at your church, uh, karaoke at a bar sometime, you know, whatever, um, to get out and just do those things. So yeah. I do think that's one of the things with COVID, but I think a lot of people really um, kind of uh, tied back into is some of those maybe wishes and dreams of things they wish they were better at or people learning another language, people learning to cook or bake. I mean, I don't know how many times I saw people talking about making bread and how they learned to make bread while they were um, home during COVID. So it, it was an opportunity for people to really stop and think and, and maybe recreate themselves a little bit or just branch out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Those passions will breed good mental health. Get out there, right. do it, have fun with it. Um, and it's never too late. You, you know, one thing that was also sticking out was, you know, the, the time machine question I, I tend to ask a lot. It's become one of my right. personal favorites because you never know the answer we're going to get from people. But, um, you know, he said something along the lines of wishing that at uh, the age of 13, he wasn't so concerned about other people's perceptions of him. How, how important is that? Well, when you think about 13 year olds, I mean, that is so what they do at 13. Like they're always paranoid about how they look, about how they act, everything. Um, so some of that is just completely ingrained in people. Uh, but, you know, at 13, it, it would be nice to know that you're still going to be successful no matter what you do. Um, it, there is something to be said. I always used to um, laugh with my friends about watching American Idol. And some of the parents that would be encouraging their kids to try out and they couldn't sing. <laughs> so there's something to be said. For, Who's living the dream there? Exactly. There's something to be said there for, um, you know, uh, you don't want uh, to worry about people's perceptions, but you also need to kind of listen to their input sometimes too. Um, you know, ask for input, be willing to listen, self-evaluate. Is that something that I'm really capable of doing? We're not all going to be famous singers. Um, we're not all going to be Emmy Award winning actors. Um, so have those dreams and and try and fulfill them the best you can do it. You know, um, it doesn't have to be that's your career and you're not going to necessarily be famous for doing it. So, yeah, as long as it fulfills you. And right. I mean, that could just that's the dream there. Right. It's the happiness and, and finding the you know happiness within that passion. Right. And if you, you know, you like to draw your, um, you like to paint, you don't have to sell those. You start a sketchbook, start a paint, you know, where you're painting these things. And if it makes you feel good, it's a great coping skill. Just using that part of your brain and the creativity is so good for people. Um, but you don't necessarily have to be the best at it. Um, and you don't have to make millions off of it either. So. It'd, be, it'd be nice to make millions off. Yeah, that would be great. You never know. <laughs> Someday you might be famous and people might want to buy those yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm sure you know when what? Picasso started out, they were uh, like, what so is this guy scribbling? 
I was just going to say Van Gogh probably had a sketchbook himself somewhere. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, you got to start someplace. And, and exactly. And, and I think that's, that's just a really good theme. It's, it's not, yeah. it's never too late to follow right. those dreams and passions. Um, and you know, start as early as you possibly can and, right. and, and, and don't give up. Uh, yeah, you can do your day job, but you can also pursue that at the same time. And, right. um, and I, I just really admire that about Michael. And I really admire that he's, he's, he went outside the box, uh, of what people had perceived him his entire career. And I gotta, I gotta tip my hat to, to that. Yeah. He was willing to take the risk and put himself out there and, more power to him. I wish him the best of success. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for your time. I absolutely love talking to you. I love listening to your guests. Oh, thank you. And that's all about the time that we have for today, but real conversations with Jacob Young, the mental health podcast is sponsored by boys town at boys town. Their slogan is he ain't heavy. He's my brother. And for over 100 years, boys town has been saving children, healing families, and they're only one call away and they're always there to help. Please go to boystown.org for all the details on how to access Boystown's health services or simply go to yourlifeyourvoice.org. And if you're in crisis or need immediate help, please call the trained counselors at the Boystown National Hotline at 800-448-3000 or text VOICE to 20121. Thanks for joining me on Real Conversations. I'm Jacob Young. Till next time, love yourself and love each other.